Welcome to No Cartridge Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, at Hagelbon on Twitter, and uh, I'm happy to have you here. I know it's been a little while since our last update, but people have been really enjoying the interview podcast, so I'm happy that, in some ways, I'm happy we gave you a little extra time to listen to it. It's the previous episode where we talked with Scott Benson of the Night in the Woods team, and um, it talks about all sorts of stuff. So it's long, it's in-depth, I think it's really good. Other people seem to think so as well, so... You know, I've been really appreciating all the support. It turns out starting a website and a podcast is not the easiest thing in the world, but you guys have really been making it just a pleasure, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to putting out more and more stuff for you. Today's podcast is more normal or typical, I guess, uh, as opposed to the previous episode, which you should definitely check out, listen to if you haven't yet. The subject is still Night in the Woods, however. I have a couple more things to work out on this, and then we'll have a patron-only episode on the roguelite in the game demon tower and also a post coming up later tonight uh, and then we'll move on to our next game i didn't check the uh poll recently but i think actually it'll be nancy drew uh which is gonna be interesting uh in any case we'll see how it turns out i'm really looking forward to whatever we play next and you know more stuff on near more streaming things like that so getting into the topic today i wanted to talk a little bit about night in the woods vis-a-vis its own sort of supernatural issues. Now, this kind of gets into spoilers in the game. This is sort of the the later stages of the game, days three and four, pretty much. Um, days one and two don't have much of the supernaturalism. However, I'm not going to do any spoilers in this podcast, at least not major ones, and if I do, I will definitely warn you beforehand. Uh, I think basically we can kind of touch on the spoilers here without really spoiling them. But if you're worried about it, if you're playing the game, if you're really, really, you know, nervous about hearing that kind of stuff, you can totally skip this one. I'll understand. But uh, I don't think, I don't think, especially for the first half of the podcast that you'll have to worry. Now, while I was playing Night in the Woods, even in the beginning before the actual sort of like scary stuff happened, I kept thinking about the ways in which the game actually sort of looks like what would be called online like a creepypasta, right? Everyone's read these things. They're sort of like the scary stories that are written up on, I guess they started on 4chan, uh, went over to Something Awful as well, which is like where the, the Slender Man stuff comes from. Uh, and then, you know, just has basically its own stuff. Reddit has a, has a forum on it, Reddit No Sleep. These are very popular things. They're basically horror stories written by people online. They range from pretty decent to just awful uh, more so just awful. They're kind of, they've been things that I've liked to read just for like, you know, distraction's sake. But um, I don't necessarily know that I'd recommend them for anyone to actually go ahead and read them. That said, they are kind of like interesting little cultural documents. Uh, and so one of the things I kept thinking about was why am I thinking back to these cultural documents while I'm playing Night in the Woods, which as I sort of revealed in the last podcast, I think is a really, really smart game, a really good narrative. You know, I couldn't quite figure it out, and it seemed to me that actually maybe it had something to do with the trappings of both. So Night in the Woods, as we've discussed, is this game that focuses primarily on the the decay of this town, Possum Springs, um, the precarity of all the people in the town, ways in which uh, late, capitalist, late capitalist sort of flows of uh, money and 
um, economies are uh, impacting their you know social lives, financial lives, mental health states, uh, their friendships, their familial relations. All of these things kind of inter- intersperse in a very um, and you know you'll have to either forgive or celebrate me for using the term here, not exactly as it's meant always, but in a very intersectional way. Um, you know that said. While uh, Night in the Woods is very focused on this, right? It's like it's very, very clear in some ways about this. Creepypastas are as well, though not as uh, upfront. It strikes me that a lot of creepypastas take place in small towns, take place in areas that have had industry and no longer do, take place in sort of spooky areas where, like, you know, dark things have happened because of, well, because of a lot of reasons, but often because of, like, depression or. Um, late capitalist alienation or precarity or whatever. Or um, they talk about technological alienation. A lot of creepypastas talk about this, about like the ways in which video games turn on you or your computer turns on you or something like that. They're very symptomatic in that way. Now, they don't really lay it out as the thesis of their piece, however. In a lot of ways, the background analysis of creepypasta is just that it's simply like late capitalism is a set piece for creepypastas they sort of work because empty factories or weird technologies or you know emotional imbalance are nice ways to set up scary resolutions right or scary perceptions or something like that right and also i think a lot of people writing these stories are experiencing some sort of late capitalist precarity and are writing what they know so it kind of exists in this background area. You'll see it if you read more and more and more that it keeps showing up, right? This kind of, the villains are people who lost their jobs or, you know, the the scary thing is a, a piece of technology or like it's all about this mining town like in Possum Springs that no longer has any industry. The, the point here though is that Creepypasta uses these set pieces to produce a spooky result, right? It's all about the spooky end result. And in some cases it's very ambiguous, like a Twilight Zone or a Lovecraftian way. And in some cases it's very thriller-esque. However, unlike Creepypasta, Night in the Woods uses supernaturalism um, as a gateway into late capitalism. So if Creepypasta uses late capitalism as a set piece for supernaturalism, Night in the Woods uses supernaturalism as a set piece to get at late capitalism and all of the sort of interconnected effects of late capitalism, mental effects, uh, familial effects, social effects, things like that. Um, What's very interesting, though, is that there are like these connections, right, that like you can see the ways that these creepypastas look like Night in the Woods before Night in the Woods kind of uh, blossoms into what it is. Um, A sort of nice example here is the story Baraska, which is about this uh, abandoned mining town that is uh, plagued by this sort of like mystery of what's going on with its kids, what's going on with the people in the town, and then ultimately devolves into, you know, from spooky, from sort of like angsty, from decay to a thriller ending. Now, the thriller ending is not something that I was super excited to see. I liked all the the buildup. And part of that is that like, Baraska and any sort of creepypasta is meant to build up these, like, build up to the final moments, right? Build up to the reveal of the monster. Whereas Night in the Woods, and it's been criticized for this, has focused on the background stuff and diffused and um, 
lessened. It refuses to explain any sort of supernatural element in the game. All of that is epiphenomenal to the actual conclusions of the game. And so when you don't get an answer to the supernatural, you're sort of forced to synthesize it with the actual material conditions. Whereas in something like Baraska, when you get an answer to the supernatural, you don't have to actually do any sort of synthesis. You have this sort of like, um, you have this corresponding cause, right? So in this way, and this is sort of the conclusion I would come to, Night in the Woods accesses and diagnoses late capitalism by way of supernaturalism, as we say, instead of, which is what Creepypasta does, seeing decay as a set piece, set piece, ideologically marking it and ideologically covering it over as just there. A sort of idea that like, yeah, like the, the set piece exists in this way to, you know, produce fear. As opposed to Night in the Woods, where the set piece is actually the story. The relations between the people, the relations between the town are the story. The scary stuff is just there, right? It's kind of existing in the background. It's not explicable. And in the end, it doesn't change anything that you learned in the game in terms of the social relations. It just deepens them. In other words, Night in the Woods sees the cause of all of these things, which is to say the social relations themselves, whereas Creepypasta fishes for some sort of effect that the cause produces on some level. Again, covering up the actual conditions of production of like the, you know, the real terror in the piece, which is to say the decay. Anyway, um, I'm glad that you let me kind of work through that. I think that's kind of an interesting thing, a phenomenon in this game. It does remind me a lot of the creepypastas I've read, but in terms of quality is much better. And I think simply because of that, it's not looking for an effect, it's looking for a cause. Uh, please keep it, keep an eye out for the Demon Tower patron-only piece coming later today. And, you know, keep listening, keep subscribing, keep donating, keep all that stuff up. It's been so, so great. I can't really tell you how much I appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, uh, keep your eyes out for the next edition of No Cartridge Audio.